Yo, good afternoon, good afternoon, good afternoon, good people. Good afternoon. Hey, what up, P. Biddy? Chilling, man. What's up, my boy? You good? Man, I'm good, man. Going over some notes, getting some things done. Uh, rocking and rolling remotely at the crib, but it's time to get this Ball and Gems podcast rocking. Good people. I'm Cameo Williams with Gems in the Gym. And I'm Prentice Beverly with Ball and Prep. Together, we about to rock you with another episode of Ball and Gems podcast. About to get one of the most incredible and well-respected coaches overall in the game yeah. on one of the, the best defensive minds uh, in the game. Uh, so definitely get him on, ask him uh, some questions about um, on his philosophy, uh, uh, his longevity, and his success. In a uh, word, legend. <laughs> Legendary. Hey, that, that's all you need to say. So uh, once we get the guests on the line, we're going to get you guys rocking and rolling. A lot of um, good news coming out uh, this week is seeing all these young women um, achieve one of the goals in, in their dreams. You know, they have the vision of signing um, an NLI, a National Letter of Intent, is it, amazing. And also, on what cue. is amazing is I guess it's here, Cameo. Our guest has arrived. Texas <laughs> A&M legend. Bob Starkey on the line. How you doing, Coach? I'm doing good. How you guys doing? You're great, Coach. Out, we are outstanding. Now that we got you on the line, life is good. Yes, sir. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> you've been busy. You're chopping it up with with Kelly Graves, one of the better offensive minds, with one of the better defensive minds. That had That's, to be that had to be amazing. That's a scary combination. It was. Uh, you know, Kelly really sees the game a lot differently. And he's done it at so many different levels. You know, guys, the thing, uh, as bad as this pandemic is, it is, it has created some innovative ways for people to share. Uh, first and foremost, what you guys are doing right now, who you're putting on your show, the information you're putting out, all the Zoom clinics that are going on. You know, our profession is really amazing in terms of our ability to adapt when difficult things happen. I mean, I just, I'm just really proud of you guys and everybody else that's finding a way to push forward through this. You know Thank what, you, Coach? Coach. Hey, we really, we really appreciate that, man. One of our, our goals is like your goal and like Kelly's goal is to offer whatever we have to offer and get other people on the podcast to offer and pour into other people. Whoever has poured into them, bring it onto the show and let it pour out and permeate throughout the whole country so everybody can grow and we're all better for it, you know, when this thing is over and beyond, right? That's the, that's the goal for the Ball and Gym podcast. We're extremely excited. Uh, Coach, I want to get, first of all, how are you and your family doing during COVID? How are you maintaining? We're blessed. Uh, you know, me and my wife uh, hold up here in the house in College Station, Texas, uh, I sneak into the office uh, once or twice a week to pick up some film, stuff like that. Yeah. But, uh, you know, we're, we're living in a part of the country right now, knock on wood, that it, it hasn't really uh, gotten too bad yet, and everybody's doing a pretty good job of social distancing. Yes. Uh, we had a couple of things with some of our players. We had uh, one particular player uh, who's lost a, a couple of youth coaches. and a Oh, wow. Oh, wow. This, wow. Wait, the same player? Yeah, same player. So that, that, that's hit kind of tough. But, 
but we're hanging in there, you know, just like everybody else, trying to trying to find the the, the the light at the end of the tunnel. Man, coach, that's tough. Hey, I got one for you, coach. Most, most people don't realize that you got your start on the men's side. Just about how many years on the men's side do you have, and what made you come over to the women's side? Well, you know, if, if I. I to go back a little further than that, I started out coaching high school basketball in West Virginia. And at that time, the girls played in the fall and the boys played in the winter. Oh, so wow. Started out coaching both at the same time. And uh, my first opportunity to coach college was at uh, West Virginia State College on the men's side, which is, uh, uh, you know, an HBC. It's a, a, a yeah, wonderful buddy. Matter of fact, uh, Earl Lloyd, the first African-American wow. came from West Virginia State College. So uh, it was a special, special place to be. And I was there for three years. And then I had an opportunity to go to Marshall University on the women's side. And Marshall at that time was a dream job for me. And I went there for one year. And I you know, I, I thought, man, I'm a Marshall. I'm good to go. And then lo and behold, <laughs> LSU offered me a job. Wow. So, wow. To, to come to Louisiana and work for Dale Brown was special. And In the booth. Until he, till he retired and then walked across the hall and started working for Sue Gunner. So I've been an awful lucky guy. So did you get a coach yet? Yeah. Yeah. Matter of fact, my first I year on so. Dale Brown uh, Shaquille's freshman year. So, uh, you know, what a, what a special guy. And obviously, I don't to speak to his talent. But what people don't realize, he was an amazing teammate, 3.0 student, uh, great work ethic, and, uh, you know, to this day goes back uh, numerous times on campus and funds a lot of projects in the athletic department at LSU. So uh, he's a special guy beyond just being a, a really unique player. Hey, he said he was a big Aristotle. He's the big Aristotle, and his son committed. To, that dude's uh, a doctor, man. How about that? He's got his doctor. Right. That's true. I mean, that's that's true. People forget that. So, Coach, exactly how many years at the collegiate level have you coached? Wow. Okay, uh, <laughs> move your decimal yeah, carrier. Old, move your man, decimal I'm carrier old. one. <laughs> 25 years at LSU, uh, three years at West Virginia State, a year at Marshall. Uh, I think this is eight or nine years here at Texas A&M. I had a, a one-year stop in Central Florida, so been in it for a little bit. Pretty blessed to be in it this long. Hey, I, 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 I think you know some things, you know. <laughs> hey, Coach, hey, t- talk about – I know you, you never wanted to be a head coach. Talk about the, the one time you were reluctant to be the head coach, but you happened to go to the Final Four. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, that was that was a great team. Uh, you know, and we, we, we were in the middle of, of having a really good season, and the situation presented itself where the head coach stepped down right after the, the SEC tournament. And I had to fill in. And, you know, I, to be honest with you, a lot more was made out of that than what it was. I really didn't change anything. Mm. Uh, you know, people, you know, would talk to me about me taking the team to Final Four. I'm going to tell you something, that team took me the Final Four. <laughs> <laughs> that was, you know, Sylvia Fowles, Allison <laughs> Hightower, uh, Kiana Chaney, Ashley Johnson. Uh, boy, that was just a special group. You know, when, when I took over, my mission was don't mess them up. Don't mm-hmm. mess them up. <laughs> <laughs> stay, the, stay the course, right? Yes, indeed. Yeah, keep it simple. Let them do what they do. So, Coach, one of the things that, speaking of do what, you, what they do, let's talk about what you do. And one of the things that you are renowned for is your defensive mind. You're a great coach overall, but a lot of us are, have specialties and gifts. 
And one of your gifts is the ability to smother people defensively. Um, I want to say you've had since like 2003, 2004, your defenses have allowed only 56 points a game. And with the advent of the three-point shot and so forth, where points are going up, your defense is still maintaining. So the players change, you know, but the, the defense remains. So talk a little bit about your defensive philosophy. Well, I, to me, and I, I really think, and you, you guys, you know this, y'all, y'all been around it so long. Uh, I, I think to, to be relevant and stay good, you have to be flexible and you have to be willing to change. Uh, we actually, uh, two years ago, we went from uh, a scouting report type of man-to-man to, to pack line defense. You know, mm-hmm. what, what you're seeing like uh, Tony Bennett at Virginia and, uh, you know, uh, Chris Who, Mack. Who's phenomenal, by the way. Yes, absolutely. And uh, so, you know, and, and we'll play a little matchup. But I, I think I think to be good, because you, you guys nailed it. The game has evolved. Uh uh, the shot clock, the game's faster, the three-point shot. I really think one of the biggest things that go uh, unnoticed is about four or five years ago, officiated change, where they started calling so many hand-touch fouls. So you had to find a way to defend without fouling. So, right. uh, you know, I, I think our ability to adjust and evolve is really important. And I've just really been blessed with some kids who bought in. You cannot be good defensively. I don't care what system you play if your kids don't buy in. And mm-hmm. uh, we've had some really good defensive players at Texas a and Coach, coach, I, man, that, that's just music to my ears. You know, um, <laughs> and, it, and it's so different from the grassroots type of defense. I'm sure you got some people on the line, up the line. Some people probably attempt to play the pack line. Not many at the grassroots area. I mean, level. Um, how do you, do you think that causes a tough transition from high school to college? Uh, I don't know about tough. It does cause, there's obviously a transition. Uh, and, and I think, you know, in defense of, of grassroots basketball, uh, it's hard to put in a defensive system. Uh, because you know you're you're, you're getting you're, you're preparing for tournaments and, and all those kinds of things so I think you tend to be uh, a little bit simple in the way you play defensively so your kids okay. go out there and defend right that's uh, a good point that's a good yeah. point and uh, but even offensively uh, to, to me and, and like like I just got through having this conversation uh, with Kenny Carter a couple weeks ago when you go from high school to college, the first, the, there's two things you notice. The first one's the physicality. The next thing is the speed. I don't care how good you were in high school. Those two things are different. Well, guess what? When you go from college to pros, I don't care how good you are. The speed of the game and the physicality is at another level. So mm, there, right. there's always a little bit of a transition period. The length of the transition period comes back to just how bad do you want to defend. Uh, mm. It's amazing. People that want to defend that, that they figure out and they find a way. Right. I got a question for you. You was talking about Kennedy Carter. It's funny when we had her on. She she was she was laughing at, at the different uh, gimmick defenses that she used to see on a on a on a nightly basis. Oh my goodness. So how how did your conversation go with her uh, teaching her how to? Uh, at, at, you being a defensive minded coach, how did you relate to her or how she could beat them? 
Well, you know, the first thing she needs to understand is you have to get involved in the flow of the game. You know, it's a 40 minute game. You know, if you're you, a, a great boxer, doesn't try and come out and knock out his opponent with the first punch. So, uh, you know, it, one of the best players I've ever coached is a kid named Simone Augustus. Oh, Simone. Yeah, we know her a little yeah, bit. Hey, hey, the, hey, the world knows Simone just a little bit. Hey, wait a minute. She, she is spark now, baby. But anyway, go ahead, coach. <laughs> Simone, uh, the thing that made her so special offensively was her ability to move without the ball. She could really mm. beat on cuts. And then her senior year, this is going to sound crazy, she became a great screener. And what we talked about was screen to create help. If you set a good screen, your defender's going to have to help. You pop, you're open. So her ability to do things without the ball is what got her open. And that's one of the things that we constantly talk to Kennedy about. You know, in, in high school, it was easy for her to get the ball, even against jump defenses and create a shot. In college, it may take ball reversal. She may have to make a cut, make a screen, receive a screen. She just needed to learn to be a little bit more patient. But I, I think you can tell by watching her play, she certainly figured it out. Look, right? Oh, she definitely figured it. She definitely figured it out. <laughs> hey, it's a, it's, you know, one of the one of the things that is that is lost, but is so true, is the ability for an offensive player without the ball to set a screen, and amazingly, the ball finds you. Amen. You know, like like the ball. You set a screen in some kind of way, you actually end up open. And the value of that and you speaking of that is huge. That's huge. It's everything. But, you know, one of the things we told Kennedy, one of the things that she's going to enjoy the pro uh, is, is it'll be back to a one-on-one -on -one game for her. There's so many good players in the pros. Uh, she won't have to worry about combination defenses anymore. And I, I think she'll enjoy that. So basically what you're saying is she's going to be better as a pro. <laughs> I, I, I think it'll be different in a good way. Uh, yeah. You know, there's certainly going to be a transition. I, you know, uh, her her skill set is, you know, I know I'm preaching to the choir, but it's it's really different for a kid that age. I mean, there, you know, I, I talked to a, a, an NBA head coach last week, and uh, I said, you know, there there we, there's just nobody in the college game that can do what she does in terms of separate, create shots. He's a coach. I'm telling you right now. There's not a lot of players in the WNBA that can do at the level that Kennedy does. And I thought that, mm. that's pretty mm. strong coming from an NBA head coach. That's very strong. So let me ask you this, coach. You, if, if you, you're if you a GM for a WNBA team, who's your number one? Well, it comes down to fit and need. You know, I, I think right, obviously, right, right. that a lot of people overlook. I mean, you can rank players uh, from, from one to, to 50. Uh, but it, it comes down to your need uh, and, and, and some of that skill, some of that's chemistry. Uh, mm. There's a that's lot a of variables. And I, you know, I, I say this all the time. I, I consider myself a good college basketball coach. WNBA is a different beast. I have so much respect for the coaches there and, and everything. Guys, how about today? How about the trade? Oh, with Tina Charles. Oh, my God. Yes, that's I saw that. That's. Up, huh? That that's a whole man. <laughs> Did you see how many draft picks the the, the Liberty end up with? Like, like Jesus up. Christ. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. Between the Liberty and, between the, between the Liberty and the Wings, they got all the draft picks. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> Look at this. Washington just added you know, Charles to, to to the defending that uh, world champs. That's, that's incredible. That's what the heck. 
Look, I just like that we get to talk about it. You know what I mean? Like, like we get to talk about this game that we all love. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. You're right on that. Hey, hey, Coach, what advice would you give an an up-and-coming young coach that aspires to one day be a head coach or a high-level assistant? Uh, The first one, it's funny because Kelly Graves and I were talking about this today. The first one is to embrace the grind. We have, and Mm. this is a cultural thing. Uh, We live in a microwave society. There's so many young coaches or young kids now that they just got through playing college basketball or they just got through playing pro basketball and they immediately want to go get a job at Connecticut or Oregon or Tennessee. (laughs) <laughs> right right away. I oh, think they deserve it, too, by the way. My first college job at West Virginia State College, I got paid $6,000. The next year, I got, the, pay the year. Cut. I got a pay cut went to 4000 My third year, I got a pay cut to $2,000. Uh, I, I really had to move into my office. So uh, that that's one of the things that's really changed. You know, and here's the other thing. If I'm a young coach, who I work for is really important. I want somebody that's going to teach me. It ain't going to mm-hmm. be about money or There's going to be a time where money's important. You got to pay the bills. You got to raise a family. If you're young, don't worry about that money. Go find somebody that'll give you some responsibility uh, that 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 will teach you and work with you and help you grow. And that's that to me. That's the most important thing. Early, I was blessed. And here, here's the other thing. There, there ain't nothing too small. When I started out West Virginia State College on the men's side, we had no managers. I swept the floor, and this is a God truth, guys. I did the laundry. I would go wash the uh. practice clothes and go upstairs and make recruiting calls, come back in, move the shorts from the washer to the truck, go back up, watch film. But but that's how, that's how I got started. And, and because of that, I have a great appreciation for a lot of things like managers and operations people. Uh, mm-hmm. That's my advice. Just go find somebody good to work for and roll your sleeves up and go to work. I love it. I love I, it. I mean, coach, I don't even want to go further when you when you hit it with that. You know, I'm like, <laughs> I mean, you go with that. I mean, what more is there to say you when got, you go look there? Look what you guys have done just by going out and grinding and working hard, making relationships doing things for the right reason. It doesn't matter if you want to coach it. it. That is a very true formula for whatever you want to do in life. Well, Coach, I got to thank you for one thing. I, I don't know if you remember this or not. It was years ago. We bumped into each other. I want to say it was probably Final Four weekend. And I don't think we ever met each other in person. And you just came up to me and we talked and you said, Prentice, I want to thank you for everything you do for I, I women's who basketball. You are. I know what you did. You guys are, you guys, every, for women's basketball, everybody is so important to our success right now. Grassroots mm. basketball is critically important. What you guys do is critically important. Everything for us to grow our game where it deserves to be, everybody's had a role in this. I, I've, I've always appreciated what you guys do, and uh, you, you guys need to understand that. Not, not, enough people don't say thank you. Thank you. Well, I, I definitely appreciate Thank it. You. I definitely appreciate you, Coach. Yeah, you know Coach, that. we really, really appreciate your time, Coach. This is hey, this whole conversation warms my heart, man. I'm a, we're fans. At the end of the day, as much as we love it and grow up, we're fans of basketball. And to get to talk to people with sharp minds who are have humility and gratitude and willing to be transparent and genuine and share what they have, 
and pouring to others, man, that is amazing to us. So for me, can- wait, I got, I got, I got one more thing yes, for sir. Coach because I, I know this, Coach. How's your cigar that game is right strong. now? I got a six foot power humidor with about 2,000 sticks in it. Man, I'm, I'm ready. I'm, let me tell you something. They quarantined me for another year. I'm ready to go. Like, you, you're good to go. Hey. So, what were the last things? Listen coach, to me, coach. We come on our tour and, and we come down to College Station, right? We come into College Station um, to do the podcast live. Hey, we we in the backyard by the fire pit. The cigars are on me, guys. I promise. My man, my <laughs> man. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. <laughs> hey, thanks a lot, Coach. Thank you, Coach. We really man, appreciate your you time. Guys. Appreciate you. Hey, be blessed. Thanks, thank brother. You. That is so cool. Hey, listen. You want a you want a 20 minute course <laughs> in 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 growing the game and. De- on defense, on relationships, on the pro game, on uh, creating and separating, on Kennedy Carter, on Simone Augustus, uh, defensive philosophies, being willing to be flexible, Ooh. rolling your sleeves up and embracing the grind. So if you, anything from this episode is that everybody has a role in growing the game and embracing yes, the grind. And with that being said, I'm Cameo Williams with Gems in the Gym. And I'm still Prentice Beverly from Ball and Prep. We just rocked the episode with Texas A&M assistant women's basketball coach Bob Starkey on the Ball and Gems podcast. We out. Man. Deuces, Deuces. baby.